Good morning and welcome to our time of prayer, daily time, daily word and prayer on Sunday morning, January 17th. Today is churches across the country. We like to pray for our churches on Sundays. Today our churches, many of them will be um, remembering what's known as Sanctity of Life Sunday or Pro-Life Sunday. And they will be addressing, hopefully, this issue of abortion. You know, our churches want to, uh, you know, I've, I've been a pastor many, many years, and um, the, one of the big words was we want to be relevant. We want to relate to what people are really thinking about. Well, abortion is one of the most relevant issues, and yet it's also one that people like not to think about. It's an ugly thing. It's a dirty thing. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I find that my years on campus, there's a change, there's a shift amongst even the students from in the 90s, they would often boast, there'd be women who'd boast about their abortions, even wearing shirts that say, I had an abortion. And uh, throughout the 2000s, once we got into the 2000s, um, even people on the left of the political spectrum would often talk about how they are personally opposed to abortion, but they don't, uh, they don't think it should be illegal. And abortion became an, an ugly procedure, a thing that uh, even the people on, even the, the vocal people I had run into on campus would see it more as a necessary evil rather than um, a good thing to be celebrated as was done in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I even remember one campus I was on where, uh, at the University of Florida where a young lady said she, you know, I'd never have an abortion but uh, I wouldn't want to stop another woman from having one. And I said, well, why wouldn't you have one? And she said, well, I don't, I don't want to kill a baby. Wow. And I said, you don't want to kill a baby, but you're okay with another woman killing her baby? And it's, it's, she'd never thought of it that way. She'd never thought of it. This world where we're so individualistic and no one wants to judge anybody. And so even in this whole idea, I would never kill a baby, but oh yeah, that's right. Another woman having an abortion, that's what she's doing. Anyway, I want to get on to the churches. Because in the church, if ever there's a place where we ought to be united that abortion is something wrong, it ought to be in the church. This summer, um, when the George Floyd uh, riots, the, the riots in response to the George Floyd killing were occurring, Many, many churches, including ours, had a Sunday of lament in which we lamented the state of racial relations in America and grieved over what was going on in our nation, the division and the, the pain caused by these things. So we had a, a time of lament and sorrow before God. And I know churches around the country, this was common, a common thing to do. I think today actually is a day worthy of lament as well. Abortion is the silent killer. When we saw George Floyd killed, I, as I mentioned before, watching that video, I think it might have been the first time I'd ever actually seen one person kill another person in real life. Not a movie. Or it was video, of course, but uh, where it wasn't being acted, where one person killed another person right in front of me. I don't know, I don't think I'd ever seen that before. I found it revolting, disgusting, shocking. 
Um, abortion, we don't see what goes on there. We don't see what happens. It happens away. It's hidden. It's hidden in a medical clinic. It's done by people with a doctor's license. It's done by educated people. It's done by people but still that we, we normally think well of, and yet still it's done in the darkness. And so we don't see it. There are people who show us pictures of it. Indeed, the photos of abortions were the things that, that shocked my conscience way back in the 70s to realize what, a, what an evil, wicked thing this is that this would happen. This is what got me involved politically. Before that, I was apolitical. I didn't really care. I just, you know, I, th I thought politics is not for us. And when I saw what was going on, in, that this was legal, what was happening to these little babies before they're born, it shocked me into action. So today's Pro-Life Sunday, or Sanctity of Life Sunday. It should be a day of lament. Let's be honest, folks. We, we're, we're seeing a major change in our government. We fought for 48 years now, those who've been from the beginning in the pro-life movement, to get a court that would be that we believe would be receptive and honest in dealing with the pro-life issue and the, and the human rights of the unborn. And we finally have that. And we can be grateful to President Donald Trump for this. We can be grateful that he nominated three judges that and, and then to Mitch McConnell for shepherding them, getting them through the Senate and getting them approved, and we now have what we believe, we've not seen it tested, but what we believe will be a pro-life majority on our Supreme Court. This is a cause of celebration. It's something we've worked for for decades. It's something we thought we were on the verge of having before and were betrayed. And we can be thankful we believe we have that now. But we also lament when we think of our government because we're going from a president that fought for us, that fought for this, that, that spoke of abortion straightforwardly as being something wrong like no president has ever done before, who condemned it like no president has ever done before, who fought for our cause like no president has ever done, who took heat for it. He took great heat when he appeared, when he spoke to the pro-life march that goes on each year in, in in Washington. He took a lot of heat, but he fought for us. And we're going from that, and now he's on his way out. And the new president and vice president, well, they, they I don't know if you can be any, I don't know if you can be any more pro-abortion than they are. And now we'll be back to the fighting again, funding for abortion. We'll be back to uh, criminalizing those who stand against it. Of course, Kamala Harris, while she is attorney general in, in California, viciously prosecuted the people who had exposed how Planned Parenthood sold baby parts, baby body parts for profit to medical labs. And those who exposed that, she viciously prosecuted them. We have coming, we're, we're, it's going to be night and day, 180 shift on this subject of abortion, which ought to matter to us. And it does matter. And to me, this is not my only issue, but I will say this is my ultimate issue because government's purpose is to protect the life of the innocent. I can't think of any more innocent than unborn babies. I can't think of any more who are dying than unborn babies. Let's face it, they dwarf the number of people. We're talking about the coronavirus all the time. The number of babies aborted in the last year dwarfs the number of those who've died from the coronavirus. Let's be honest about this. Just because it's hidden and people don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not happening. 
that God doesn't see it, and we shouldn't be concerned. In this last election, there was a group called Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden. It grieved me and angered me when I heard about this group. Why? Because this term pro-life, you know, what they tried to do is say, well, let's expand this idea of pro-life. Let's realize pro-life means that we stand for equal housing, equal medical treatment, equal health care, equal rights for immigrants, equal yeah, uh, for, for immigrants who are here illegally. And, and let's see that pro-life means all of life and, and making sure everybody has. Well, no one is against everyone having rights throughout all of life. But the term pro-life, we all know what it means. It's the way of saying we, we stand for the right of every person to live, to live, the most basic right of all. Not to have health care, not to have education, not to have, no, the pro-life movement at its base, it is about the right to have a life. Not that, we're, not that we want people to suffer or go hungry or no health care, that's not what we're saying. But the issue is the most fundamental issue of all. Does every human being have the right to live? without being legally killed. That's what it's about. And when people within our own evangelical churches change that definition from this very basic fundamental right into something much, much broader that in essence took cut the legs out from under the pro-life movement or tried to. They weren't very successful. They had very small following. But there were some names in there of people that I really have respect for and I'm shocked by what they've done. They didn't get much of a following. I don't know if they affected much. But folks, this is something as a church, there's so many things we divide over nowadays. So many things that, that, that our country's divided, so many things the church is divided. I pray and I hope that at least on this one, on, at least on this most basic fundamental things in our culture, happening in our culture, that we can agree together that the life of all human beings, from conception to natural death, is to be protected, is to be protected. Unless, of course, you know they've committed a heinous crime and forfeited their right to life. But the life of every human being, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about, let's not water it down. Every human being has the right to a good life. The pro-life movement simply says every human being has a right to life. And, let's, and, and we are arguing at that very basic level now. Let's not water it down. This is the biggest, most fundamental issue in our culture today. And so our churches today, this is Sanctity of Life or Pro-Life Sunday. Let's hope they do speak up, speak clearly, perhaps lament, um, call upon our nation, repent before God. So let's us go to prayer. And as we pray about this, 40, on the upcoming, the 48th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision in which tens of millions of young children, babies, have been aborted, so many of the women who did that, they had no idea what they're doing. They didn't realize it was wrong. We've been lied to so badly. The propaganda is so strong. Others, of course, did know. We applaud the work of every pro-life activist, from those who, who try and help women in a troubled pregnancy figure out how they can make this how they can save this baby to the people involved politically the people involved educationally the pro-life movement is very it's it's extremely broad it's not just political it's not just one it's extremely broad 
this, there are millions of dedicated Americans, most of, many of whom are Christian, most all of whom are doing it in the name of Jesus Christ, who, who are making a difference. And they, have, they are changing our culture. And I have seen a culture, I have seen a change on America's campuses and amongst the students. I applaud their work. We still have much to do. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we do, on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, Lord, we do grieve. We do grieve at the, the amount of innocent people whose lives are being taken in our world today. We, we acknowledge, Lord, that you're the giver of life. You're the creator of life. There would be no life without you. You're, you gave us life, and, and Father, you've commanded the first commandment you gave that relates to how we treat our fellow man. You shall not commit murder. It's really important. This is not peripheral. This is not small. This is not because it's controversial. It does not mean that we should avoid it or, or not talk about it because we want to be relevant. Father, this is fundamental to a culture and to a nation, to a people, to our values, that every human being is valuable. Father, from conception on the Sanctity of Life Sunday, and we think and we lament, we lament the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, the tens of millions of babies that have been killed in my lifetime, and that so many that will continue we have, we assume we hope we pray not but continue into this year as well we pray father against this sin we pray father that our nation would our eyes would be open thank lord you opened my eyes once i remember a day i i didn't realize i didn't realize it was wrong i realized lord a pastor a bible believing pastor who who's now solidly pro life and years ago i remember 1975 counseled me to, to uh, a woman, I, a young girl I knew in my school that would be okay for her to terminate the pregnancy. I had no idea what he meant, and I don't know if he did, but now he's pro-life. And Lord, you've opened our eyes. You've opened the eyes of tens of millions of us, hundreds of millions of us. I even think of that young girl in Florida, Lord, who at, at the university, who her eyes were open. She'd never have an abortion, and as, as I was preached on campus, her eyes were open. Well, that means someone else shouldn't either. Father, we ask you to open the eyes of our nation about this horrendous sin. We lament, we re repent. Lord, we ask you, to, we pray here regularly for you to bless our nation. We pray here regularly for you to give us good leaders. We pray here regularly for you to, to uh, have mercy upon our land. And Lord, you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Lord, today we, we think of this sin. We don't want to minimize it. Lord, we confess that just the, the frequency of it can cause us to minimize it. The, the fact that we've been fighting this now for decades can cause us, us to grow weary and to lose hope. And we confess this, Lord, and we pray that we would persevere in doing good. And we pray that we would not think this is hopeless. We thank you. There have been great victories. We thank you that we believe we have a Supreme Court pro-life majority now. We thank you, Lord, for the hundreds of judges we believe that have been appointed at the federal levels who would have a 
pro-life understanding of of a worldview that that values all human life, that sees sees an unborn child as a human being. We thank you, Lord, for the cases that are working their way through the courts. We pray, Lord, that they will prevail. We pray for political victories. We pray for legal victories. But, Father, today, we, as churches, as churches, we repent, Lord, because we cannot hide our eyes and put our head in the sand and believe that many in our own churches have become comfortable, have accepted, have accepted the reality of abortion and don't want to fight it and don't think it's bad and don't think it's worth arguing about and don't think it's worth alienating someone and and father even people in our churches our own sons our own daughters we confess are having abortions our own those raised in the church lord those who should know better those who go to christian schools those who go to our bible studies lord sometimes our silence has caused them to in a moment of weakness and panic and fear, make terrible life-altering decisions. We repent of this, Lord. We repent of our own silence as churches. We repent of our own apathy as churches. Oh, God, have mercy upon us. We do believe, Lord. We've been praying it for months now, and we do believe that revival in America doesn't start with them. It starts with us. Lord, help us to learn it's it's so easy to say oh if only they would repent when lord it's it's we who need to repent judgment begins in the household of god and we believe repentance believes there as well and father we pray today we we lament we grieve at what our nation's done but we grieve also lord at at so often some of our own churches and what's going on in our own churches lord i think of this group and Men I would respect in this group, pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Lord, how in the world? I just grieve, Lord. Help, help me, Lord. I, I, that I, angers me. It upsets me. It, it rips my heart. To know that that people would call themselves pro-life and 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 as pro-life people who would say that matters and would would still advocate. Uh, people who who believe in abortion right up to that ninth month and who obviously lord are people in this administration who will believe in allowing children who survive an abortion to legally be put to death father we ask you to have mercy upon us we ask that the church in america would sound a clear trumpet on this issue we ask lord that we would we would not speak with a muffled voice, a confusing voice, a divided voice. We pray, Father, that, that on this issue we could agree that every human being from conception all the way through life to natural death has the right to live and would have that right secured legally by our government. We pray for this, Father. We thank you today for the many people who are involved in this struggle. Lord, from the people who work in the crisis pregnancy centers, the people who counsel women who are in troubled pregnancies, who give them hope, who give them a way out, who offer to help. We thank you, Lord, for those who counsel and pray for on the sidewalks outside of abortion clinics. We thank you, Lord, for those who are involved politically. We thank you, Lord, for judges, legislators. We thank you, Lord, for um, lobbyists who work on this issue. 
We thank you, Lord, for those who educate, those who speak up, those who help us understand. Lord, this is a big movement, and many people have found uh, different slots in which they can really work and really help. Thank you, Lord, for movies and, that have been made, like the the Danny John Dan, Danny. Um, I've forgotten her name, Lord. Um, the the woman who made who repented, who worked for Planned Parenthood, and turned and got saved, and 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 came active in in recruiting people out of the Planned Parenthood, out of the abortion industry. Abby Johnson, Lord, I think of her, Abby Johnson. Lord, as we think of these different, different people, strengthen them, encourage them, help them not lose heart, help them know their work is good, help them be successful, help them be persuasive, help them make a difference, whether it's with one person or a hundred or a thousand or a nation or a world. We pray for this today. <clears throat> Father, we, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Uh, Lord, I, I, I pray that today, in Jesus' name, that our churches would be united on this. I pray our churches, Lord, would, would be relevant. I pray that people would know that our churches speak on matters that matter. I pray they'd not be afraid of turning off people who disagree. Again, Lord, we pray. We've been praying that we'd, our message would be better, our lives would be better. We'd not be afraid to trumpet your truth because someone might dislike us. Lord, it's a soft persecution. We we glory and we 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 glory and we recognize as heroes those who endured hard persecution, who were burnt at a stake or locked up in a prison or tortured for Christ. And we, we, uh, we rejoice and we look at those people as heroes and we lift them up. But Lord, sometimes we in our country we face a soft persecution. Someone won't come back to our church. Someone will cancel us on Facebook. Someone doesn't want to be our friend. And we wither and we, and we, we don't speak up. And Lord, help us to realize that some people talk about how we, we need persecution in the church. We're already being persecuted. And so many of us, Lord, we're not doing very well at it. Help us, Lord, in the soft persecution that we're facing and the soft persecution our churches face. Help our pastors. Help us to be courageous, bold, and realize that we speak primarily to be pleasing to you more than to be pleasing to men. Help us, Lord. We want to make knowledge except we don't want to alienate others unnecessarily but help us lord help us to speak what's true you said rescue those being taken away lord if we don't if we ignore the real issues of our day have we been faithful to our god if we if we don't speak against true wickedness in our day have we been faithful to our god help our pastors today to be faithful to you give them courage help them lord to realize that that you, on, being on your side is the safest place to be. We pray for this. Lord, today, fill us with your spirit. I pray in our churches today, we would also have just a spirit of, of victory and joy. And we'd have a, we, I pray, Lord, we go to church today and when we leave, we'd come out better than we went in. We're praying, make us better this year. Make us better Christians, better at our messaging, better at what we say, better in how we live. 
Lift us up. Make us better this very day. Fill us with your spirit, with your joy, with your confidence, with your courage, with your love. Fill us with your love today. and Fill us with faith in our living God. Show up for us today, Lord. We need you in our nation. We need you in our churches. We need you in our families. We need you in our life. Show up for us, we ask. Be present in our life. Let us know your power and your victory and your holiness today. We pray these things and we bless you in Jesus' holy name and for his glory, all these prayers we offer now. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, a little bit heavier prayer today than normal, huh? I try and be encouraging, but on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, uh, as you can tell, particularly this pro-life evangelicals for Biden, it's really bothered me. I, th- I hope I said that properly earlier, for Biden. We know the pro-life evangelicals were for Trump, but this group that is for Biden on the name pro-life um, kind of got to me earlier. So God bless you. If you're new, I hope you join us again tomorrow and every day, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Hit the subscribe and notify button so you can always know when we're going live. And uh, invite your friends. Tell, tell your friends at church today that you've been listening into Time of Daily Word and Prayer with Tom Short and you're enjoying it. I'm hearing a lot of people that are coming here regularly and enjoying this. So tell your friends. Post on social media. Tell them about it. They come to YouTube. Search for Tom the Preacher and uh, that's how they'll find my channel. And remember, they can listen anytime throughout the day. It doesn't have to be live. Tell them if they're not available at 8.30, they can listen later and be a part. Hope this group grows. God bless you. Have a great time today. Hope you can go to church. Praise the Lord. Lift up his praises and, and uh, encourage your brothers and sisters and come out of your church a better person than when you went in. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.